Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Eater's Digest, a show about all things food and dining. I'm Amanda Clute, Editor-in-Chief of Eater. My name's Daniel Janine. I'm a producer at Eater. Uh, Amanda, Biden is in. He's in. And you know what? That really is the news that is dominating the news cycle this week. Can I tell you a sick so, thing that I do? A little bit sick? We've talked about this. Sick, like, grotesque or cool? I, I, I don't know. I don't, like, you know, take dead pigeons off the road and cook them. And it's also like I don't nail kickflips. It's kind of weirdly in the middle. All right, but still defined as sick. Okay, let's let's hear it. I think sick is in weird, but not okay. creepy. Well, I don't know. So I have like a weird. I'm kind of interested in looking at people commenting on Bourdain's Instagram, as I've mentioned. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Someone commented on the other day, being like, "Hey, brother, we got him. Trump's out. Biden's in." rest even easier <laughs> oh my god so do you have an alert set up or you just every once in a while you just I'll go just, back i'll just cruise i'm so interested in like why that's amazing can we get that guy on the show i should i should just reach out to him it's just like what do you gain but and also like bourdain was it three years ago now I, he i was thinking about it he'd be like joe biden like that <laughs> right you mean if he just woke the up fu- the shoulder touch guy from you know? the dead right now without seeing the context of the last or year? if he just like received that comment whatever <laughs> he'd be like joe biden that's we had all these people you know maybe in the afterlife your only connection to the world of the living is your instagram comments and so oh, that'd be, that's a sick fantasy <laughs> yeah oh that's so weird uh, while we're on the topic, any other food angles into this inauguration story? Anything else we can juice? I referred to it as the unauguration, and I went to go eat some eel sushi. Oh, okay. That's fun. Yep. Um, other food angles from this, from the inauguration. I mean, Biden, we, t- we, we should get to it, but we'll talk about Biden's uh, initial plans for stimulus and for, he talked about minimum wage. Is that we, what you would like to get into? Well, we can get into that later. I think we should, later on the show, we'll talk about that. We can talk about the latest in vaccination. Uh, we can talk about some other news. We're also going to bring on Brooke Williamson, restaurateur from Playa Provisions, to give us a feel-good story. Um, mm. I guess the and only- to hear how she's doing. But to, clo- to wrap on this, I would say the only other food angle that's even a stretch was the Bernie <laughs> meme. Uh, which was everywhere. Just this iconic picture of Bernie looking kind of disgruntled in these very Vermont mittens and coat. And everyone has photoshopped him into outdoor dining setups around the country, which I love. I think it just shows you that. Well, I don't know, because I was going to say that it shows you that like, you know, in in these memes, you can see that it it could and very well maybe a simpler four years. But I'm remembering four years ago when um, 
the same thing happened to Baron Trump at the inauguration, right? Like, I can't remember what it was exactly, but he was looking wacko and people were photoshopping him into everything. So I don't know if you can read into the memification of the event on its own to, no, I don't as an to. indication of the simplicity of the upcoming. You know, I was not uh, saying that at all. I just think that's our only that's our only way into this. Otherwise, this week is really it's really a week about politics. Anyway, Daniel, <laughs> let's um, um, but Daniel, let's get to Brooke and then we'll come back and talk about what's going on in the world of restaurants and politics and everything else. We have chef and restaurateur Brooke Williamson with a feel good story, something that I've been craving all week. So, Brooke, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, So there is this funny thing that happened that I saw on Instagram where a customer, I guess, bought your staff a meal and then that spread to more and more customers. Can you explain what happened? Yeah. So uh, it was a Sunday morning. And uh, if you order directly through our website, um, it basically sends the tickets directly into the kitchen. And so we got a ticket for a breakfast sandwich and the explanation on the ticket in the modifier section, um, where normally you would write like an allergy or sauce on the side or something. Um, the modifier said, we, here's the deal. We live in Texas. We won't be picking this meal up. Um, but we would like to donate it to someone who needs a good breakfast. Um, whether that be a staff member or, um, I don't remember exactly what the ticket said. It's posted anyway. Um, basically they were, the gist of it was that they would not be picking that meal up and they wanted to donate it. And, uh, they also ordered some cocktails. They ordered some canned cocktails, which came in through a separate pinner. Um, mm-hmm. but it was such a, an unbelievably sweet gesture of someone who really just wanted to support one of their favorite restaurants from afar and, um, pay it forward to someone else. Um, I posted a picture of that ticket on my Instagram and people immediately started following in their lead and it started this crazy snowball effect. An unbelievable one. That's so cool. How many people ended up um, buying meals and writing in like that? Uh, Over the course of the next, I'd say three days, we, we got over, over 200 tickets Um, from it started, it started um, sort of in a, in, in a uh, um, across the country way, and then um, it moved all over the world. Within by the end of the first day, we were getting orders from China and Africa and Norway and Germany. It was it was insane how quickly this post spread and people started sharing with each other. And I think it was just it was such a testament to what people wanted wanted to be seeing and wanted mm. wanted to be involved in, and how people really just wanted to be part of something bigger and, and genuine. And, um, you know, within the first three days, we, we got a lot of tickets, but then after that, we started seeing, uh, we were, we were being tagged in people placing orders to other restaurants, uh, all over the country, which is really kind of where I hoped it would go was that it would turn into a much larger movement than simply supporting us and, and our immediate community. Um, but that the, the voice was heard, all over the world, really. Hmm. What did you do with the food? Well, that first day, we kind of didn't foresee it happening for more than one day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first day, there were a couple of tickets that specifically said, like, please give this 
this drink to the next person who walks in the door or, and we tried to follow that direction as, as much as possible, but there were a lot of orders that said, just give this to someone in need. Um, we, that first day we, we bought lunch and dinner for our, our local Playa del Rey uh, fire department. And then, um, I realized that this was something that would need to be sort of thought of on a slightly larger scale. And, I immediately put together an order of a couple hundred meals to be delivered to um, to a local hospital. Uh, so we did that uh, like three days later. Um, we also were able to send our staff home with a lot of food and welcome staff in who's not who are not currently employed uh, to come in and pick up meals. We've tried to offer that all along, but at this point, we could actually afford to do that. So that wow. was nice. That's really fantastic. For for context for our listeners, your restaurant Playa Provisions is in Los Angeles, and I imagine you're still under a, a lockdown of no outdoor indoor dining. That's correct. Yeah, just takeout and delivery right now. So wow. Yeah, it's been it's been um, it's been a trying couple of months. Our last day of of service was the day before Thanksgiving, um, and so we've been sort of waiting, waiting patiently. Um, and, you know, cutting back on staff as, as we need to, um, waiting for that second round of PPP to be approved, uh, you know, but that's kind of where we're at with no, no immediate change in sight. Or what are you anticipating in terms of dining rooms being reopened? Well, I'm, an, I'm, I'm anticipating that probably patio seating will be the first thing to be reopened, um, which we'll have to rebuild our patio that we took down in November. Um, and then, you know, I would say probably gradually we'll open percentages of availability in terms of in, in-house dining. Um, but I don't see that happening immediately. How are people feeling about it now versus when the initial lockdown orders came out that people were like so shocked about? I, I, I honestly feel like we were doing a really, really good job of maintaining really beautiful social distancing and um, and safety protocols. We had been inspected multiple times um, by the county to make sure that we were following protocol. Uh, you know, in my opinion, dining patios for restaurants um, who had to follow certain protocols were some of the safest places to be. Right? Um, the city was sort of building out, you know, once once that initial, or w- once this last shutdown happened, the city started building out these outdoor patios for people to pick up food and then sit outside. Um, and there was no, there was no policing those areas, right? There, were, there was no mm-hmm. one maintaining safety standards in those areas, wiping down tables in between customers, making sure that people were staying separated, making sure that people were wearing masks when they got up. Those were all things that we had become very good at doing, right? We People did not get up from their tables to use the restroom without a mask on. People did not walk into my establishment with a, without a mask on. Um, but people were doing that all over the place, down the street, outside, right? So right. it was it was devastating, really. We had kind of gotten back to the point of almost a full staff um, with an outdoor patio. And we had managed to keep our entire staff healthy through the course of many months. Um, So it was very, it was very frustrating, um, especially since restaurant patios were were shut down and certain other areas like 
dining food courts in malls were not immediately. Um, so there was, there was, there was a lot to be frustrated about. Um, hence, hence my op-ed that I wrote in the LA times, just cause I, I felt like people weren't hearing the voice of the restaurateur. They were hearing the voices of the, of, of the County and the government. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there was definitely a, um, sort of misunderstanding of what restaurants specifically were going through from the voice of, of the people who run those restaurants. Yeah. So are you moving to Austin? <laughs> Not quite yet. I still, I still have one restaurant <laughs> that I have to um, follow through with and, and maintain. I'm doing my best to make sure that our staff has a, a place to come back to. Um, are you, how's delivery been? Have you been, have you at least gotten to experiment with some delivery concepts? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, I, yes, it's, you know what, I cannot complain. We are in a very for- fortunate position to um, have a lot of eyes on us at any given moment. And we're across the street from the beach and people, you know, come pick up ice cream and go down to the beach or pick up food. And um, we have a very, very supportive community that we love and appreciate so much. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like the, the need to stay exciting and stay relevant in in a time like this is 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 definitely there. It's also very difficult for me personally to be creative right now um, when yeah. it comes to ensuring the st- the safety and um, comfort of our staff and our customers comes first. And then there's like, well, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? <laughs> it's like oh it God. seems like they're very sort yeah. of divided. Um, subjects with with equal importance right now but right because people can't go out to eat at restaurants for valentine's day so they expect us to be an option uh offering something new and creative so you know there's super bowl weekend and then there's valentine's day and then there's you know something right after that and it's a matter of coming up with an entirely new new menu and um different reheating instructions and um and while that's all fun and and creative it's it's sometimes hard to get into that creative headspace you know one time after another uh in in a moment like this yeah especially when you're in survival mode and just trying to get through it yeah yeah that's so frustrating with a very limited staff who are all working very hard trying to pick up you know 12 jobs you know yeah i can't imagine do do the work of 12 people so yeah it's um it's a lot. Um what are you doing for Valentine's Day? <laughs> I just had a staff meeting yesterday. Um we were discussing the menu. I think we have it nailed down, but it's basically a uh, a a four course um menu for two. Um still pricing it out, so I'm not sure exactly the price points, but it will be available for pickup on the 13th and 14th. Um and it will be provided cold so that people are are heating and assembling food themselves. And that's kind of what we've fallen into doing for all of the major holidays. Um, and we found it's definitely a wonderful supplement to our everyday business uh, to be able to offer these special menus and um, something that the community also very much appreciates. Awesome. Well, um Listeners can find Brooke at Playa Provisions or just 
send a meal to her staff by going to their, their <laughs> yeah, website. Can I tell you, sorry to interrupt. Can I tell you the greatest thing that I, not the greatest thing, one of the most heartwarming things that I saw from, from that pay it forward movement that I'm not sure if people followed up on toward the end of those like three, four days of us getting tickets. Um, one of the women who, who submitted that order, uh, she's, she's a teacher and on her Instagram pro- profile, she had her Amazon wish list for her classroom students or for her classroom supplies. And wow. someone went and sort of tracked her down and, and tried to figure out who started this whole thing and then went and purchased her entire Amazon wish list uh, and, and fulfilled her classroom needs and several of the other teachers who were involved uh, classroom needs. So um, I got to say that that whole experience was just so heartwarming and such a, a light in the midst of a lot of darkness. And um, to all of you out there who participated or followed along, thank you. We are beyond touched and appreciative um, till the end of time. I oh, love it. Well, Brooke, um, um, yeah, good luck with all the special holidays and hopefully patio dining <laughs> it's opens soon. a lot. Soon. They never end. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, and thank you so much for taking the time to come on this is really great my pleasure thank you guys I appreciate it yep thanks Brooke on June 14th your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2 it's time to greet your team Riley it's anger let me at him fear safety checklist is complete disgust ew ew sadness is in the house oh no I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters June 14th. Get tickets now. All right, Amanda. Yeah, that was Brooke Williamson of Playa Provisions, uh, the Playa It Forward movement. Just kidding. Pay It Forward <laughs> movement. Uh, I think it's really sweet. Um, it is funny because Brooke, Brooke is, I've heard, you know, I, I haven't actually eaten at the restaurant, but I've heard it's incredible. Brooke is quite well known for being, you know, a killer chef um, and also like I think one top chef like 90 million times um it's so interesting because I think like um it helps so much right now to have a buzzy Instagram presence yeah you know like just in terms of selling food especially in delivery times without walk-ins etc uh a chef I know actually you might find this interesting a chef I know is talking about how like when it's delivery only um she'll have busy nights if she posts enough of the restaurant's food mm-hmm. on Instagram, they have a pretty solid Instagram. And if she doesn't post enough, they'll have slow nights. And it's like, it's wild. Cause she's like, I don't, I don't love posting the same dishes from my restaurant over and over again, but it, like, it makes the difference of do you think, whether or not. Do you think that's yeah. like a pandemic thing? Was this happening pre pandemic too? Probably. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I've, I've only talked it, it, it only in relation to ca- like caviar, et cetera. I delivery. guess I have, I have been engaging with restaurants so much more on Instagram now than I ever was before because the landscape is changing all the time. So I'm always going to their Instagram accounts to see like, okay, are they open? Are they closed? Are they doing delivery or what's their yeah. outdoor setup? Like, like you have to do more research. So that totally makes sense that her your friend the more she posts the more someone's aware of like okay this is what's going on here this is what they're doing versus pre-pandemic where you might just assume like okay everything's open and everything's great and these are the places I like and I'm just gonna go but I think you also have to think about it in terms of the day of because people are planning so much I mean 
I'm assuming, but I, I, people plan, people aren't planning their meals as much, right? Like people aren't planning as much to be like, oh, Tuesday I'm going for dinner with Brian, Wednesday I'm going mm -hmm. for whatever. They're, I don't think people are as sure what they're gonna be eating night to night. Like, are we eating leftovers tonight? Right. Are we eating whatever? So it's like, you get hit with an Instagram in the middle of the day and it's like, oh, that chicken sandwich or whatever. Yeah, so especially tonight. for takeout and delivery, you're right. Um, relatedly, can I tell yeah. you what happened to me Saturday night? Um, a story? An anecdote? <laughs> so, no, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so in New York, unlike in Los Angeles, we do have outdoor dining. And uh, I, you know, you and I, we've talked about this. We go out quite a bit. The need for reservations right now when you go out is so much more extreme than it was before. Uh, mm -hmm. So this weekend, my husband and I, we didn't know where we were going to go. We decided to risk it by going to this place, Thai Diner which mm -hmm. we love. Uh, listeners right. of the show have heard the owners here before. Uh, they're walk-in only. So mm. huge risk, you know, going into Manhattan from Brooklyn for a walk-in only place. It was kind of nice. It was like high 40s. So, you know, we figured it might be popular. We got there. It was a 90-minute wait at 7 p.m. Yeah. Oof. And so then it's like amateur hour where we're just wandering around looking for where to go and everything is booked because you know they only have these small outdoor dining areas they it's best for the restaurants to get reservations in advance everything is booked it just like really yeah really you're a total mortal back. yeah totally. you can't you can't wander in the same way no. as you could before no and so we we were like i'm looking at pulling up resi on my phone pablo's like let's just keep go. my husband is like let's just keep wandering and eventually we gave up what'd you do we went back to Brooklyn to a neighborhood spot that I knew would have room. You didn't wait the 90 minutes? No. I mean, we have we have two kids. We're not going to stand in the cold for two hours. I mean, it was high 40s, but still, we're not going to wait around that long. Okay. So you didn't like, all right, that's so funny because the Amanda idea of wandering is like you guys wandered for 13 minutes and then decided <laughs> you're going home. Whereas I'm like, oh, you wander a little, 80 minutes is over. You might as well go back to Thai Diner. They'll have you. No, yeah. we No, we wandered for a good 25 minutes. You're like, I will wander for 10 minutes. I'll wander for exactly 25 minutes, then I'm getting in a car back home. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And it, it is weird because like restaurants aren't as flex. It's not that restaurants aren't as flexible, but you just don't have the flexibility of, of like. Well, they're not. They're it, not as flexible because there's only so many heaters. They can't just like, oh, let's pull up another chair or whatever they could have done before. And it's not like, oh, we'll just sneak you to the front of the waiting list or something. Not that there's even a way to do that. I was, uh, so I was going, uh, walking with my friend, we were trying to have brunch for his birthday and we were just in downtown and all of these places, good and bad, were all two and a half hour waits. And eventually I talked to a host at one of these restaurants and she goes, She's like, it's so crazy. She's like, our patio is filled with people who just will not get the F up. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, it's heaven outside. She's like, it's heated. They've got margaritas. But we're like, you got to go. That's the thing. When you make a reservation now, they give you a time limit. And it, I think it, I'm sure it's very hard for waitstaff to enforce this stuff because people aren't used to it. But some of these patios are so cozy that people don't want to leave, but it's very limited and these guys need the business. But it is funny. I mean, I will say like, maybe this is just such a New York thing, but I was, uh, a, fr a couple friends and I were in line waiting for a reservation at uh, Dr. Clark's, which was at 8.15 and by 8.35 or whatever. It seemed, you know, there was movement happening, but we weren't sat yet. 
And the late, there's a lady, a young, you know, woman and her boyfriend next to me. And she's like, this is a shit show. They have no idea what they're doing here. We've been waiting 30 minutes. And I was just like, look around. <laughs> like you see exactly what's there. You're, doing. We're about to eat in an igloo. <laughs> like you think they have any control over what's going on here? I was like, some people are trapped in these tables. They're hooked up to heating systems. It's like, this is not normal. You can't complain. It's not a shit show. It's like the world's a shit show, not these restaurants. It's like when people complain when they're on an airplane and it's like, you're flying through the sky. This is, <laughs> this is magic. You know, like yeah. these, you're eating outside in this almost tropical environment that they created just for you to please you yeah. so you can still and the majority of the restaurants are losing money they're just doing it so they have something to do with their lives yeah for your luxury experience when most of the country so you can be on is like at home so you can wear your new patagonia yeah. out to a restaurant like it's real you know think about where you are well and it's so funny there are things most... to complain about on airplanes so there's at this point there's sure. enough airplanes sure. there's enough competition <laughs> that we can but we can whine about most it. people i know are not going out and are not experiencing restaurants right now and then wandering around New York seeing all these packed places it's just so wild and seeing these people who are just like luxuriating in it it's like yeah. separate worlds it's a separate world yeah okay Daniel I think we should talk a little bit about the vaccination program and how it's going spoiler alert it's not going super well um, as you've probably read and heard, it's a much slower rollout than everyone expected. But it's going better than it is in Canada. All right. Well, that's good. Uh, the story I love this week was that Seattle, or not just Seattle, but Washington State, is enlisting the help of Starbucks to help the state get the vaccines out faster and more efficiently. More efficiently. That's crazy. How is how is Starbucks going to help them? Well, at first I thought they were just going to like use all the Starbucks locations to be vaccination locations, but actually they're just trying to use um, their expertise in how to move people through spaces faster <laughs> and better. All right. So they're just like taking their uh, space flow consulting team and using them. Basically. To... So they have in their headquarters, they have a lab, an innovation lab. It's a 20,000 square it's just foot. people waiting in lines. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a 20,000 square foot facility on the bottom yeah. floor of the headquarters. And it is now like a mock vaccination clinic. And they're trying to figure out how to get people through it faster and better. So one thing that they're working on is setting up, one of their recommendations is to set up clocks in the waiting area. Because one of the bottlenecks is people have to wait for 15 minutes after they get the vaccination. And some people wait too long. So if you set up a clock mm. that's very visible, people will know exactly when to leave. Um, they're also and recommending... at the end of it, you start playing Starbucks Christmas theme exactly. music. Another thing they're recommending is that you have um, multiple lines. So you have a line for people with questions and a faster line for people who are already registered or whatever. Um, it, because right now, these clinics in Washington State, some of them have lines that are a mile and a half long. Uh, full of cars, and yeah. there's only one entry point. Huh. So, a quote from the CEO: "We are not a healthcare company, but Starbucks does operate 33,000 stores at scale, serving 100 million customers a week. So they know a thing or two about moving people through. So Rel they are a healthcare company. Yeah. Relatedly, <laughs> uh, backseat quarterback here or armchair quarterback. What do you think? Do you, do you like the move? Is it is it is it PR or is it kind of smart?" 
I mean, I you think mean it makes on some the sense. on the government's point of view or from yeah. Starbucks. I mean, I think they could use all the help they can get. Yeah, get all hands on deck. So, like, yeah. if these guys and like government doesn't always know the best way to quickly establish new procedures. And Starbucks, they might be better experts. I mean, they never do. Have you looked at, like, yeah. I was looking today at, they they tried to release a cute info card to talk about uh, the return of indoor dining in Chicago. And it's impossible to understand it's it. Really You're hard. like, in quadrant 71, we will return <laughs> to a capacity of what, like, program depending on blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you read the article and it's like, indoor dining to resume next week. And it's just like, that's what you got <laughs> like, from what? that thing was Braille. Yeah. yeah. It's a silly question, but like who moves through more people standing in line than Starbucks in aggregate across whatever? I mean, the DMV, but they do a terrible job of it. I do not know. I'm also curious as to whether or not they're getting paid for this and how much, because that could be a scandal later. Yeah, I, I'd like to hope that they're not getting paid for it. And it's just like they had a Zoom call. Right. right, like right. It's, yeah, they're like, yeah, put in clocks. They're like, know. well, we've learned make a lot. Sure to, make sure to mention us on Instagram. About clocks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two lines. Two lines and two clocks. Lines. That's all you need. Yeah, two lines, more tellers. Yeah. Um, you want to heat the milk to 161. Uh, relatedly, there was a really funny tweet I saw. Um, it's very New York specific, but it said the ladies at Essen should be running the vaccination programs. Oh, and yeah. For those who don't know, Essen, Essen is a, a very popular lunch spot with a buffet kind of like a, a salady buffet and they move through people uh and other vaccination news uh there was a story about how trader joe's the grocery store is going to pay employees to get the vaccination and aldi which i think owns trader which joe's. is crazy and i think just probably the first wave in a lot of these stories what i haven't uh, Chipotle said they will, Chipotle has announced that they will not require their employees to get the vaccine, but they will cover all vaccine related costs, which is not the same thing, but so like um, you can clock in while you get it. I think so. I, yeah, I think you cover your cover, your transportation, your time off, whatever. Uh, what I haven't seen yet is any of these big, uh, food programs to, uh, requiring, the, their employees to get the vaccine, right? They're all incentivizing it, but I have not yet seen someone say they are going to require it starting in, you know, one year from now or whatever. It's something a lot of companies are grappling with now because traditionally American companies have never done that. Except it's, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Well, unless you're in certain fields, like maybe flu shots, if you're in a health network or a school teacher, but even then, I don't know that there's been a big campaign to require people to get vaccinations. You can do it. It is definitely legal to do it um, as long as you allow exemptions for religious reasons, but it's not really a thing that people do do. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, you'll hear it. It's starting to come up more so on airplanes and more so um, airplanes talking about whether or not they're going to require people to prove vaccination status getting on. Mm. It's, uh, all these things are going to be quite hairy. Interesting. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of encouragement tactics like, oh, we'll give you a bonus or we'll pay cover your costs. Or like at our company during flu season, they'll always or before flu season, they'll bring in someone to give everybody the flu shot who wants it. So just making it easy. I hope it goes well for them. And then they could say to their customers and suppliers, all of our employees are vaccinated. Like yep. you are not going to get this from us here. Ooh. Does that ever sound like a good slogan? <laughs> 
imagine going to a party right now. I mean, I've spent some time around some doctors. I've spent some time around many doctors who are all vaxxed. And God, does that feel good? Are they they're just parting it up? Uh, well, no, they're they're uh, treating patient, patients ethically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they're not afraid of coming over for some wings and a pint, you know? Nice. Sounds I've nice. I've never said that before. <laughs> wings and a pint? <laughs> yeah. You're just, like, you're just hosting a bunch of doctors for wings and for, pints? <laughs> for football nights, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I guess, politics, last week we talked about the stimulus package and we noted that Biden was going to release his own plans uh, probably that night. He did. Um, he, uh, in the plan is a lot of, you know, increased m- or money going, extra money going to uh, PPP, extra stimulus. But I think the biggest uh, takeaway for me was at least that he wants to or claims that he wants to increase the minimum wage to $15, yeah. which is almost double what it is right now. Yeah, huge. Um, massive increase. I think, you know, Bernie Sanders was talking about it for a while. It was considered quite radical. So, you know, Biden saying it, I mean, who knows if something like this ever comes past, but it's it's big that he wants to and it's a thing that a lot of big companies aren't going to be happy yeah about. he has been talking about this for a while now but people didn't really mm-hmm. know how serious he was about it until he put it as one of the the things in his plan in his 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus plan um i think it was mm-hmm. a surprise to a lot of people that he included it in there and it would be huge news for the restaurant industry. Yeah. I mean, for all industries, but especially the restaurant industry that has an outsized number of low wage and minimum wage workers. Yeah, it would really, really shake up the industry. Uh, I've heard analysis like this is something that he'll easily give up on in in, in exchange of to, to get like you throw else on you the throw plan in through. all this extra stuff that you know you're gonna just compromise Some dream on stuff. Yeah. yeah, but at least now. Joe Biden is attached to the idea of a $15 minimum wage. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's well, something that you can actually hold over his head. Yes, and I I, I do think that him including it in the plan was a very big deal. So we'll have to keep track uh, keep track of that. I mean, I'm, you know, you have to assume that some of the big fast food lobbies are going to have a thing or two to say to his team, uh, you know, starting starting when, when work starts up. Yeah, but, they'll uh, say that their industry has been ravaged by the pandemic and they can't afford to pay a cent more than they're already paying. Um, however, restaurant workers have been even more negatively impacted and they, they need this. They need to make a livable wage for once. Um, Daniel, while I still have you before we go as a member of the Yang gang, what did you think (laughs) of the New York city mayoral candidate, Andrew Yang getting roasted for posting a video from a, quote-unquote bodega that was a little too clean and nice for many New Yorkers on Twitter. I think that people are so hungry and desperate to tear this man down and call him out of touch that they will do anything. Like, ask, you know, what are we going to call that place? I mean, sorry, New Yorkers, but like fancy or not fancy, these convenience stores are called bodegas, right? Like he chose the fanciest looking one to be like, you know, I'm just at a bodega, but it's still, according to most people, still a bodega. What, and they a, need to, what about him grabbing the, all the bananas because he couldn't get one off and then he called it, I'll just take the whole bushel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, okay, here's what I'll say about it. As much as it is fun to make fun of these kinds of people, I just think, 
I think we should practice giving people the benefit of the doubt for things. And um, I don't know. You know what? I think I think he is a man with good intentions. And uh, in a sense, like, who cares if he's not on the ground level of the slang? Yeah. You know, because I agree. I think attack him for leaving New York when it was in crisis or not voting in its elections for mayor the whole time you lived here, not for calling a bunch of bananas a bushel or for calling a convenience store a bodega. Yeah. And on that note, Amanda, my just ringing in that positivity and, and earnestness, uh, just as I'm known to do, I would like to say thank you to you for sitting across the table, the digital table for me and recording a podcast. Thank you to Brooke Williamson. Um, and, you know, thanks to our listeners for, for checking out what we're up to here at... Uh, Shay Digest. That's a ridiculous thing to say, but we're going to leave it in because it's the oh, end. Oh, wow. We just, all right. We just go. Leaving it. We just go. Yeah, we this just is go. just a gift for people who made it all the way to the end. <laughs> uh, thanks. Make sure you sign up Sign up for Amanda's newsletter. Ooh, thanks. Thanks. At eater.com slash newsletter. And uh, we will see you here. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Daniel. Different.